Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Tanya Norton about her wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. And not only did she have a gorgeous wedding at California Grill, but she has an interesting story in that she had a previous Disney wedding in 2007 and chose to have her second wedding at Walt Disney World again. So I thought you guys would be interested to know about how that came about and what she thought of this experience compared to her last experience, and of course, how the whole day went. So welcome, Tanya. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Now, I'd love to start at the beginning, and maybe that means back before 2007, just to know how you were initially interested in Disney weddings and how you decided that you wanted to have both your first and your second wedding at Walt Disney World. I was born and raised in Florida, just a couple hours from Disney. So I've been going to Disney my entire life. My first memories are there. So it just always kind of made sense to me. I wasn't really the typical church wedding in a banquet hall girl. Were you always envisioning, like since you were a little girl and you rode the monorail and you saw the wedding pavilion, that you would get married at Disney? Or how did you decide this is actually a feasible real thing that I want to do? I think it just came down to when I got engaged and I started looking at the options, there just nothing else was speaking to me the way Disney was. I didn't necessarily want to have a beach wedding. And in Florida, that's kind of what everybody goes to. So it was Disney. I knew that now all of a sudden they had all these options. There was a wedding pavilion that had been built. There were gazebos. I didn't have any clue about theme parks or any of that. But I wasn't like I'm not the typical fairy tale princess kind of girl. So I just think that Disney offered everything in one place, which was really appealing to me. Got it. Now, so your first wedding, can you tell me a bit about the locations you used for your first wedding? For the first time, we had our ceremony at the wedding pavilion, and then we did our reception at the Atlantic Dance Hall. We had a lunch buffet. We didn't do any of the extras at that time. It was just, that was already enough for what we for our budget what we had budgeted and I loved those locations I think they're gorgeous you can't go wrong especially in Florida you don't have to worry about being outside the weather bugs any of that stuff that comes with it normally (laughs) and so then when it came time to plan your second wedding how did you choose the locations that time Well, that actually was less in our control we had done our site visit a few months before 16 months just because we weren't in Florida at the time and we had originally thought we would go with Ariel's and Epcot and then we had some back and forth there was changes at Disney fairy tale weddings I was feeling a little weird about doing you know being second time Disney bride so we kind of gave it a few months rest and we looked into other locations and so we initially then we just you know we figured out no Disney is what we want that's where we want to be When we called back, 
aerials wasn't available. We just kept getting everything we kept kind of coming up with just wasn't working. So it kind of ended up being it was chosen for us in a way. And it couldn't work out any better. Honestly, I couldn't imagine our day going any differently than it did. We had originally booked Living Seas and Seabreeze Point, And we got Rue de Perry was the only thing that was available to us for a dessert party. And then we switched to California Grill after we went to the brunch they had on Sundays. And seeing it in person, I think in the same light that we would be doing our reception just right then and there we knew we had to switch venues got it and where was your ceremony we got married at seabreeze point at 10 a.m we had the morning spot okay great and then did you provide transportation to california grill or were your guests disney pros enough that they could just make their own way there our guests were not disney pros by any means probably about 25 percent had been to disney before the rest were all brand new. Luckily, a lot of them Ubered. We had carpools. We did have the mini bus for our wedding party. And it kind of ended up, I think a couple of times people just kind of jumped in. So some people did use the mini bus that we had chartered, but it just went from before the ceremony and then to the reception. We didn't have it after the reception. So some of our guests carpooled, some of our guests were locals, and some of our guests Ubered. So everybody got there on their own, which I was worried beforehand, but I felt like the less I kind of instructed them, the easier it was for them to figure out the best way that they could get from A to B. Okay. Now, how did your friends and family react when they found out that you were getting married at Walt Disney World? I think my husband's side of the family was not surprised. He didn't want to get married in New Orleans. We live in New Orleans. He didn't want to get married here. so. We kind of gave them a heads up that it was going to be a, a destination wedding for them. And then my friends and family, they all knew that we, you know, Disney is important to us and that that was the place we wanted to have it at. So nobody was really shocked on our side of the family. Everybody was really excited. We got married two days after Mardi Gras, which being in New Orleans was, it was a little more troublesome than I thought it would be in the beginning. When we started planning, we thought it would be the greatest time to have our wedding because everyone here is out of work or not, school's not in session, most offices are closed. So it was one of those things that looked like a great idea at the time, but then when it came down to the logistical planning of traveling, it got a little scary. Because it was more expensive or it was difficult for people to plan around their Mardi Gras plans? Both. We have a lot of Mardi Gras in New Orleans last, like, you know, a couple of weeks. So it's going on days and days before actual Mardi Gras day. So we had people trying to get out of New Orleans on Mardi Gras day, which was Tuesday. Most of them got out Wednesday just because the prices were a little, yeah, the prices definitely that few day window had jumped up significantly. And then there was even issues with them getting on flights at all because there was so much travel back and forth. Interesting. Okay. That's something you don't really think about is you would think about, you know, what's the travel traffic going to be like at the destination, but you also need to consider the place you're leaving from. Yeah, no, it definitely was way more hectic for them to get out of New Orleans than it was for them to, once they got to Orlando, it's one of those things, it's hard to understand, like Mardi Gras is so encompassing when you're in New Orleans that 
when you get to Orlando, you just get out of the city and everything's back to normal. Everybody's, you know, businesses are open. You can get from place to place very easily. So yeah, it was, like I said, when we planned the wedding and we picked the day specifically two days later, we thought it would be great. People would get out ahead of time, but it just, you know, you can't please everybody and you can't plan for everybody's, you know, other things they have booked or things they're doing. So, you know, we did the best we could. <laughs> well, that's all you can do. <laughs> Now, how many guests did you invite and how many made the trip? We invited about 85 people total and we had around 50 at the actual wedding. So I thought it was a pretty good turnout given everything that was going on right then and there. Definitely. Tell me about when you were planning this time, did you have a theme? Did you plan differently than the last time you planned your Disney wedding? Was it like, okay, this time I'm going to get everything I didn't get to have in the first time? Or how, how was it different? Part of it was we did do things that I felt made it specifically a Disney wedding. You know, we having a dessert party was really important to us. And then I also did a surprise ride mix-in. I was the only one that knew about it. It was mostly for my husband, but it was a gift for everyone. So Planning, planning a second time for me, it was, I won't say it was easier because planning that kind of an event is never an easy task, but I went about it differently this time. I was more relaxed when it came to, I think, the overall wedding and that if it didn't work out, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to lose sleep over things. I didn't want my hair to fall out. I didn't want to go down that route of worrying about things I had no control over. And we did a, I love a theme party, but for some reason, I just felt like trying to stick to one theme for our wedding was a little bit too, it was too difficult. So we kind of had a vintage adventures out there travel theme. It was very loose. I love to travel. We both love to travel as a couple. That's something that's really one of our passions. And it was important for us to, well, it was important for me to have as a hand in as much of the wedding as I could from helping design invitations, putting them all together. I'm a type A, I guess you would say. <laughs> so like, I, you know, I really wanted to be hands-on with things. I made our table signs. I used vintage travel posters from the 50s and 60s and used those. Each table is named after a place that we want to travel to. But then we also had, din I love dinosaurs, so we had dinosaurs sprinkled throughout our tables. Our sweetheart table was named Isla Nublar from Jurassic Park. <laughs> so it was just, it was one of those things, I, at halfway through, I just decided, I'm just going to do what I love. I'm just going to surround us with things that we love and the people we love, and that was where we went. And it worked. You know, I think it's one of those things, sometimes people notice, sometimes people don't. So, and California Girl is so gorgeous. You don't really need a lot. Definitely. Now, there's something I'm curious about. You had gorgeous purple hair. Was that inspired by the theme? Did it just happen to go with the theme? Or did you build the colors around your hair? <laughs> well, it's one of those things. My husband loves purple. And we had originally thought about doing like a vintage Mardi Gras themed wedding. But it just was really hard to kind of pull everything together. And what I was envisioning, I was having a problem actually seeing it come to fruition. So I, I grew up, when I grew up, I was like 
it was nothing for me to have pink hair, purple hair, green hair, blue hair. So that was kind of who I am. I, and I don't do it so much anymore, but for the wedding, you know, it was Mardi Gras. I was getting ready for the wedding. I had originally wanted a dress that was purple or green or something fun, but I just never could find what I was looking for. I, I do that. Like I'll go to my, my normal hairstylist and just kind of say, Hey, you know, maybe I'll do this today. So it was one of those things we all just kind of thought I already knew the hairstyle I wanted and I, cause I'd had my hair trial in December. So I was literally at my hairstylist two weeks before Mardi Gras. And I said, she's like, well, why don't, you know, you've done color before. So do you feel like doing, I said, yeah, let's do some purple. Obviously it goes with everything. And it was kind of, I guess you would say that it was a last minute decision, but in the end I felt like it made everything look, I got the color that I wanted for my wedding without having the purple dress. Right. Good point. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things It was, originally, it was so important to me. Like, all I could think about was that I wanted a dress that was not white. I didn't want to wear white. I didn't want to wear ivory. I wanted it to be really, you know, special. But I just couldn't find what I was looking for, you know. And it, it got to that point, I, you know, I thought about having something made on, like, through Etsy or something. But I just, I, like I said, I, I'm too, I need to know what's going on. So that just, I know my personality and I knew that I would just drive myself crazy. So I think in the end, my hair, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I think it looked great. It was interesting. I mean, when the pictures are black and white, you can't tell. So it, it still, I still have that timeless option. You know, I think in the years moving forward, I won't, I won't regret it. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what you did for your dessert party? You mentioned that you did a surprise ride mix-in and did you have any recommendations of food that you added to your menu? We went back and forth. Well, when I say we, I went back and forth. Our planner was really great helping with the menus. And I think once she kind of got an idea of what my vision was, she was the one, like, I didn't expect her to be so, you know, stick to your guns. But she was really great when it came to that. We had, from the beginning, when we had our, our planning session, we had picked the mini slider bar and fries and all the little things that go with it. And the Ohana bread pudding is one of my personal favorite things. And that was kind of the only thing the whole wedding day that I was really, was really just for me. And we had the little Mickey premium bars. And so I went back and forth with her trying to figure out, you know, I felt like it didn't make sense or they didn't go together. It was kind of random. And she just kept telling me, she's like, Tanya, you get this one day. It's for whatever you want. People can get, you know, ice cream sundaes or floats. They can get all that any other day, but they can't always just have Ohana bread pudding. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad I listened to her and, you know, trusted in her. And then we put it to rest and we just didn't ever mess with it ever again. That's great. And you also had savory food. So that's nice for people because it was later. You had a morning ceremony and brunch and then there was a break. And so then people could have something a little bit more substantial than dessert at the dessert party. Yeah, we did a 10 a.m. ceremony, so we had a lunch buffet with desserts and cake, and I know I had talked to some of our guests that thought, oh, you know, in between we're going to have dinner and go to a park, and none of that actually happened because I think by the time they got back to their rooms from the wedding and then realized what time they would have to come back for the dessert party, a lot of them just hung out. Some people went shopping, but nobody ate in between. So I think at the end, it was great because everybody was eating that night. So we didn't, it wasn't one of those things where I'm like, oh no, you know, we got all this food and now nobody's hungry. 
Got it. I didn't do a bar. I didn't do anything extra at the dessert party. We just served the standard, you know, fruit punch, water, coffee, and tea. And we didn't have any issues with that. And I kind of, you know, beforehand, it was one of those things that I kind of was focused on. And at the end, I don't think anybody missed having those options. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Can you give me a timeline of how the whole wedding day fit together? I was up at 2.30 that morning. Um, our call time for, yeah, for cosmetology was four. I had Laura Reynolds. She came to the room and she did myself, my mom's hair, my sister's hair, my best friends, and then two makeups for two of my best friends. So we actually were ahead of schedule, which I was really happy with. We did our first look at Caribbean Beach, which is where we were staying. And then we rode, we got, for Barlow and I, we ordered a private town car. So we had a town car just for the two of us to take us from our hotel to the boardwalk and then from the boardwalk to the Contemporary Resort, which I think was one of the best decisions we made. And it was one of the cheapest decisions we made as well. So we got to the boardwalk, I think around 9, 9.30. I, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember the whole time I kept checking with Nate and he kept saying, we're ahead of schedule, you're fine, don't worry about it. So we got to the boardwalk, we took some pictures with family and then just the two of us. Our ceremony started pretty close to right at 10 o'clock. It was very important that our ceremony was short and sweet and to the point. I wanted to go, get married, say I do do everything we needed to do and then be done so we could focus on the day. You know, I wanted to celebrate um, having our friends and family all in one spot. We had such little time with them that it was just important that we maximize every moment we had together as a group. Our reception was from 11 to one. We had um, the mini wishes rest in peace. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Which that I'm at when we were planning, I really was, kind of scared of that option you know it was it fit for the budget it doing it allowed us to do extra items that's why we had a dessert party that's why we had magic kingdom pictures but i was terrified you know there wasn't going to be enough time or we'd be rushed or it wouldn't feel but it was nobody felt any differently i think a lot of our guests here are used to these big stuffy long six-hour weddings that just take forever the one thing that we hear so much from people was how much fun they had and how much they enjoyed everything from start to finish. You know, it wasn't, even though our day was broken up, it felt like it just all flowed so well. So after our reception, everybody went their own way. Most of our guests were staying at Caribbean beach with us. So we provided transportation from the hotels to Epcot and then back. So everybody would be able to enjoy themselves and not have to worry about how they were going to get back to the hotel. And since nobody knew about the ride mix in, it was kind of all, that was one of the main reasons I wanted the transportation. We met up at our hotel around 7.30, I want to say, for our bus pickup. We were the, yeah, we were the third pickup for going to the dessert party. So it was the bulk, bulk of the guest. We went to Epcot. It was a from Caribbean Beach, it doesn't take, you know, 10 minutes to get backstage, which was great. Everybody oohed and awed about going backstage. We got dropped off. I don't remember where, but it was really close to our location. Taking the walk with our guest was one of the really memorable nights. It wasn't a long walk, but it was a really nice time. So we were at the dessert party from 8 to 
a little after nine, I want to say, because afterwards we, because we were doing a mix in, we didn't have any time to just kind of sit and wait after the fireworks were over. We kind of had to get everybody moving because we were having to walk from Rue de Perry to the backstage in terms of Soren. And did you have any issues with wearing your wedding gown on Soren? I did not wear my wedding gown on Soren. Yeah, I actually, when I had first started talking to my planner about doing the mix-in, she told me that I couldn't wear my dress, which I knew, to me that was a point of contention, but it was one of those things I didn't really want to push back on because we had our park shoot two days later, and I was kind of concerned that if I did wear my dress to the dessert party, it would be my luck that I would get something spilt on it or, you know, my nephew would drop his ice cream on me, you know, something would go wrong. And then I would have a huge mess on my hands for two days later. So when she told me that after a couple of days of thinking about it, it was, I was okay with it. And it gave me a chance to get a gorgeous purple dress that I had wanted anyways. Yeah. So it worked out well. I mean, it's one of those things. I think that's one of the things I've learned or having done this now twice was it really gave me the, I really chose my battles, you know, I really had to say, was it really that important to me or was I okay, you know, saying, okay, well, that's fine. I'll get another dress. No big deal. So I think that's one of the things that helped me having done this twice was knowing sometimes you can get them to give in because what they tell one person is not necessarily what they'll tell another person, but if it's that, what, you know, what's the most important thing to me? Was it to get to go on Soren and surprise my husband or was it to wear my dress? Right. That's a good point. And often when people ask me about that, I, I talk about the same thing. I say you need to pick your battles. If there's something that's really important to you and you're willing to go to the mat for it because they're saying no, then go for it. But you can't go to the mat for every single thing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Like I, like I said, having done this and just the fact that I've had a pretty good running knowledge of Disney fairy tale weddings since I would say I probably started looking at Disney fairy tale weddings probably in like 2003 or 2004. So that's a long time to kind of, I've seen a lot of weddings, you know, I've seen a lot of people. I mean, this was in the days of like the online groups, forums and, you know, I mean, I've seen Diz board weddings. I've seen Disney bride weddings. I've seen Disney moon or weddings. I've seen a lot of weddings and I've seen a lot of, you know, wonderful things, but at the same time, it's like, trying to carve out your own, you know, I think that's one of the things when you're on these groups, you see everybody else doing them and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I want it to be just as special and just as magical. And sometimes it doesn't happen. And sometimes that can be really devastating. But at the same time, your guests don't know all that. They haven't seen, you know, 25 Disney weddings. Most guests have only seen the one they went, you know, to our wedding. That's all they've seen. Exactly. Trying to figure out what is important to you and what you want to go back and forth with them with. Because, I mean, it's Disney in the end. If they don't want, if they're going to say no, it's going to be no. You know, you can't fight them. It's Disney. That is an interesting point, though. Since you had been married at Disney before, and potentially some of your guests had been to that wedding, too, did you feel that, like, oh, well, I can't do that because I did that before, or I have to outdo myself? I don't know that I felt I had to outdo myself. I think it was more just out of respect to my husband I didn't want anyone to say, oh, hey, I remember this place. We were here like, you know, how many years ago? Which, I mean, 
people are going to say what they can, they will say, and they're going to have their thoughts. But at the end of the day, I had like our families were behind us and they all knew it wasn't, it wasn't a secret, you know, it wasn't something that we hid or I just think it was one of those things I didn't, I did, I was very clear, you know, I didn't, obviously I wasn't going to use the wedding pavilion again. I wasn't going to use Atlantic dance hall, even though I love both of those locations. It just, it, you know, from the beginning, it was never an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so having our ceremony at Seabreeze Point, before when I was planning, I was like, oh gosh, I don't want any pictures with Atlantic Dance Hall in the background. I don't want to see it. I mean, you can't, it's, you know, this giant yellow building. It's not <laughs> like you can ignore it. But the day of the wedding, or even just when we, it, it was one of those things that I had no reason to worry about because I didn't think about it at all once we were there. You know, in the moment, you're not thinking about anything but your future that's ahead of you, not the past or what you know, other people are thinking, or if they even remember, I doubt there, I doubt the, you know, handful of people that were there for my first wedding were sitting there on my second wedding thinking, huh, didn't we go, you know, I, if they were (laughs) on them, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't help it, you know, I mean, everybody who knows me knows I love Disney, so they shouldn't be surprised that we ended up in Disney. (laughs) That's great. Now, let's talk a little bit about your reception at California Grill. Did you find it difficult to plan the menu there because they don't let you have a tasting or was it not really an issue because you'd been to brunch there and you were having a brunch and pretty much everything they serve at that brunch is amazing? We switched to California Girl after we had our planning session. So, I mean, we had even gone as far as having our menu tasting through Epcot because we were originally going to have our reception at Living Seas. So we did technically have a menu tasting per se, but it wasn't... California Grill, but we didn't know any of that at the time. Going to brunch that day, I'm so glad that they offered that option because we never would have considered California Grill. We hadn't just because of the restrictions and because you didn't get a tasting. So I really like that brunch really made our wedding happen. Working with the chefs, that was probably the biggest point of contention for our planning. And it wasn't even that big, but that was, you know, one of the things that we only had so many options. We couldn't really customize the brunch for a very long time. We were going to have a brunch and we knew what we wanted and, you know, mimosas, Bloody Marys, the whole thing. But then it just came down to, I didn't want half of the food that was offered. So it just made more sense for us to switch to the lunch buffet. Okay. And do you have any menu items or cake flavors that you recommend to other brides and grooms? We went into our cake tasting and I had requested a custom cake flavor. In New Orleans, we have a regional dessert. It's called a snowball or it's a snack, whatever. Um, it's kind of like a snow cone, but we think, you know, obviously ours are better. Um, and when you go get a snowball, I always go get the same exact flavor. I get a wedding cake, which is almond cream and peach. And from the moment we got engaged, I'm like, that would be a really good wedding cake flavor. Almond cake with, you know, peach mousse or some sort of peach preserve. So before our planning session, I had written to my planner a couple of times. Like cake, the cake was very important to me. That was the other thing. I love Disney cakes. I've had tons of Disney cakes from before you could even, before there was even options. I mean, I've been getting Disney cakes for my family since the mid-90s. So... I know what I like and I know what they can do and I know what they're capable of. So when we got to our cake tasting, the bakers at Grand Floridian had actually made a couple of different options for us. They had done a boozy peach schnapps soaked cake 
And then they gave us a couple of, like, there was a peach preserve and then I think a peach mousse. So we had a custom, one of our, we had a three-tier cake. So we repeated two, two of the tiers were the almond cake with the peach filling. And then we had yellow cake with chocolate mousse filling or the chocolate buttercream, which both were amazing. We also had a, we had a welcome dinner slash rehearsal dinner the night before. And for that, we did a red velvet cake with the white chocolate mousse and buttercream. The cream cheese is a point of contention in both sides of the family. So to keep everything fair, we went white chocolate. Um, But that is one thing I will say. Our groom's cake was originally quoted to be, it was over $600 and 450 of those dollars were just for the decoration on my groom's cake. What did you ask for? My, my husband wanted a, well, first it was that kind of steel magnolias, red velvet armadillo thing was what we were going for. But his mother was kind of aghast at that. So we refined it. We had a round cake that was red velvet and he wanted it. He used to hunt ducks. And the first duck he ever shot on his own was this very special, rare kind of duck. And I have no idea. I'm not a hunter, so I don't know any of these. This all is, you know, nothing. I don't grasp this. So what we had asked for was that they make this duck to put on top of our cake and that the cake would look, you know, like water, like a pond. And there would be uh, cattails and some grass and a, a duck, you know. It wasn't. To me, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I've seen what they can do. I don't think this should be. And then when we got our first BEO back, I literally was about to fall out of my chair because the groom's cake was $100 cheaper than our three-tier wedding cake (laughs) that was going to feed, you know, it was just, uh, yeah. (laughs) How about a screen print of a duck? (laughs) Yeah, then I'm like, at that point, and I'm I'm a bargain shopper. I do not like to pay full price for anything if I can get around it. So that was one of those issues. I didn't, I wasn't even paying for the cake, but it was one of those things. I just couldn't look at it and say, we could have, you know, alcohol or we could have another course to our meal. Like there were so many other things we could have done with that money that it was kind of crazy to me. So we went back and forth just over our our groom's cake several times over what we were going to do. The other option was to have like a, I guess a fondant flat duck, you know, on the cake, which just wasn't really doing it for me. So in the end, we actually found a replica, like a ceramic or porcelain, you know, like a little tchotchke duck, basically. The exact same kind of duck that it was that meant so much to him. And we ordered that and took it to Florida and somehow it worked. It was a little bit big, but it worked and nobody knew any different. And now we have a another keepsake from our wedding that has, you know, emotional meaning to us. That's fabulous. So cake was an interesting budgetary challenge. What were the other aspects where you focused your attention or you splurged with your budget or you saved with your budget? One issue that was I didn't want to spend a lot of money on decorations just because I didn't feel like anybody was really going to remember those things. I felt like I wanted to spend the money where it would be more, you know, having a nicer bar service or having a couple more items on our menu. 
so at our planning session, and this, I can't even take credit for this one. My mother-in-law, she throws a lot of parties. She's always, you know, got her hand in some event. And she suggested, because for our welcome dinner, my in-laws were hosting our welcome dinner. So at our planning session, she was very adamant that we have, you know, of course we had to have tablecloths and very nice linens and um, centerpieces. And the centerpieces we ended up doing was her idea that we reuse them the next day at the reception, which was ingenious because it saved us a ton of money. We ended up taking, well, the florist, our, our Disney florist, we did um, like the little mint julep cups on our tables at our welcome party. And then she took them back and then they brought them to California Grill. And then we added tons of little, like the little milk glass vases and little bottles, little glass vases. I had like kind of a very eclectic feel. We saved so much money doing that because we only paid maybe literally three or $400 for the flowers that we added to the reception. And you couldn't tell because at California Grill, the table, you use the pre-existing table. So some tables had five, six, seven, eight different little floral vases. Some tables had more, some tables had less. And they were gorgeous, and you couldn't tell that they had been taken back and brought back out the next day. Wow, that's a great tip. Yeah, and I, like I said, I can't even take credit for that one. That one was her idea, and it was fantastic because flowers were important to me, but when it came down to trying to find, like at California Grill, that's one of the, I love the mid-century modern kind of remake they've done there, and I love Mary Blair. So that was having... Contemporary has always been a special resort to me anyways. Our family has always stayed there when I was growing up. So it just made sense. You know, like the tables are great, but they are challenging if you are in the mindset of like, I have to have, you know, nine, ten, ten people per table, ten people per table. I didn't pick out seating arrangements for anybody. They all kind of sat themselves and it worked out really well because the night before at a welcome dinner, I did that and it was Half the people didn't even realize there was a seating chart that I'd spent days and days making. Yeah. Our wedding cake was kind of, it was a disappointment. Oh, no. The design we had picked was, it's a small world. It's like a wrap they do out of fondant. And then they add some little, you know, decorative bits to it. And our top tier was supposed to look like, I sent a picture, you know, to our planner and said, this is what I wanted as a top tier. I wanted some kind of clouds, like 3D clouds. The picture I sent her had, you know, clouds on, not on the actual cake themselves, but kind of like sticking up on skewers. And then what we got for our top tier looks like a child's birthday cake. I mean, mm. yeah, it was one of those things when I got there, I'm like, what? For our whole wedding, that was the only issue that we had where I'm like, this does not look like what I planned. You know, this had... And it's one of those things, of course, it had to be the cake that, of course, you know, we have pictures cutting it and there's pictures of the cake. And I just don't love them because the top tier does not go with the rest of the cake. Hmm. But in hindsight, if that's the only thing that went wrong, I still think it was okay because it tasted great. It tasted, you know, really, really good. It just didn't look the way I had planned it to look. Interesting. Okay. So with all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? That's really tough. I mean, we had Mickey come to our reception. We had a dessert party. We had a ride mix in. But 
Honestly, I think the moments I spent with my husband going from place to place, just the two of us in between everything, those are the moments. It gave us that kind of time I think that we needed to just be the two of us and to just like talk about what had just happened or talk about what was going to happen or even just sit there and kind of say, holy, you know, we did it. Like all, cause we, we paid for the wedding ourselves. This, this was all on us seeing everything that you spend so much time planning and you go back and forth on and you second guess yourself, seeing it all come together. And just, I think when he told me, he was like, you know, he never doubted Disney and he never doubted what we were doing, but to see that he felt like it was worth it. And then, then some was what made it all of the work and all of the, what you go through planning a wedding. And it really does bring out the crazy and the up and the down that was worth it. And that made everything worth it. And just, you know, having that time together with nobody. That's great. Yeah. Now you talked about this a little bit before. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like it was going to be a big deal beforehand and maybe you were stressed out about, and then it turned out not to be? I think the transportation for me was the biggest, biggest issue. I was really worried, you know, how everybody was going to get to Florida, how they were going to get to the hotel. All these things, and I mean, in the end, I shouldn't have worried because they're all capable adults, but we ended up having most of our guests stay with us at Caribbean Beach, So, and that was that was really special, too, because since everyone booked in our room block, we literally had one half of the building. You could just walk for 15 rooms, and they were all our guests. They were all our friends, our family. The transportation was a problem. Well, I just, you know, was really concerned about it. Should we provide transportation for everything? Should we be, you know, like, should I send out newsletters and, you know, welcome bags and all these things that in the end I sent out, you know, I think I did one mailing that was kind of a schedule of the day and what was going to, like it was, we had basically three days of events. We had a welcome dinner rehearsal on Wednesday evening. The wedding was on a Thursday. And then we had a farewell brunch on Friday, which was an unhosted casual event. And in the end, people got to where they needed to be. We didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about somebody forgetting they needed to be at a certain place or not showing up because I was concerned that we would lose people too between the reception and then the dessert party. But everybody showed up. Everybody was way more rested than we were, you know, so it was just, it was important to me that our guests not see the stress that I was still under the day before the wedding, because, you know, they had all made the effort to come to Florida for us and to spend the time. So I wanted to make sure that they all felt like it was, you know, it was a good trip. It was worth it. It wasn't just, oh, you know, they got, nobody lost their luggage. Thankfully, it wasn't, nobody got lost. Got it. Okay, that's great. Now, you've had two cracks at this. Is there still anything that you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I am totally the wait to the last minute kind of person. I think I really would have been a little bit more on the ball on myself. Just so I didn't have so much stress that, you know, a couple of days leading up to the wedding. Our planner was great. Her assistant was great. Our florist was great. But there were things that I think I ended up stressing about just because I waited and waited to deal with them until it got really close. So that would be the thing I would change. I would, we would go get married at Disney again tomorrow. If we, you know, if we had an unlimited budget, we would do it again. 
would I add anything? Not really, because I think honestly, people really think we spent a lot more money than we did. And we had a, I think it was a gorgeous wedding. You know, we were happy with everything. We got photo, we got video. Video was an issue that we kind of, I shopped around a lot for on video because some of the videographers, I mean, it's, it's one of those things I really, it was really important to me that we have the pictures and then it was really important that we had a video because his grandmother was not able to travel for our wedding. So we found someone that is not normally, it's not one of the, you know, the normal top 10 you see for Disney weddings, Mm -hmm. but in the end so far, I mean, we've only gotten our, um, preview trailer back so far, but so far I'm very happy with it. And going back to the, we had a um, park shoot two days after our wedding. I would have preferred to maybe wait another day or two, but that was something I didn't know ahead of time how exhausted we would be. And then I would be a little more, we ended up, our park pictures were horrible. Yeah, I have, and I don't, like, I, I'm on the, the boards or what I'm on the Facebook groups, but I haven't posted about that, but they were so bad. So I would definitely try to have been more, I guess, forceful with fine art photography because I did the, you know, I called a month ahead of time. Oh, we don't know yet who it'll be. You know, we won't know till like the week before, which that's the thing. It's like, you have to go with what they tell you, even if you know, it's not a hundred percent accurate. So the, we found out who our photographer was going to be the day before our shoot, mm. like five o'clock, four thirty that afternoon. And our shoot was, you know, sat, our shoot was on a Saturday. So I do wish that I would have been a little more forceful with them trying to get a photographer that was a little more our style to have, you know, be a little bit more involved. But then that's the thing, you know, you can only be so involved as, as involved as they'll kind of let you be. Right. Interesting. Any other last tips or advice for future wishes, brides and grooms? Do it. Follow your heart. Yeah, I mean, because we we paid a deposit to another place. We were trying that hard to, like, you know, do something that was outside of Disney. It was still going to be in Orlando, but we just second-guessed ourselves. And at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it. You know, we were happy. We're happiest at Disney. And that feeling, you can't replicate that feeling anywhere else. Even if we, w- we, we went back and forth, were we going to have an escape wedding? Were we going to have a wishes wedding? You, I hate to say you only do it once, but like, you know, especially in my case, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but like, you know, you get this one day that's just about you and your husband or just about you and, you know, your, your partner. Don't second guess yourself. If you can do it, do it. Because in the end, you're going to have those memories and those memories will get you through, you know, the It'll get you through the hard times, the good times, in between times. It's worth it. You know, I don't regret a second of it. That's great advice. Yeah, I think that's just one of the things, too, is I used a couple of vendors that weren't necessarily in that realm of the ones you always hear about. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy with that. You know, like it was really important to me, like for hair and makeup, that I found somebody that was competent in doing more vintage style hair. So that was one of the things I looked for. I think when you have good vendors that you trust, like I was not the type, I didn't talk to our DJ until like the day before our wedding. That was the first real communication we had was a couple of emails where I just very clearly said, do not play these songs. You can play these songs. You know, if people want to, you know, I gave 
our vendors kind of as much free reign as possible because I just wanted to enjoy my day. I just wanted to enjoy what we had worked for and not have to micromanage or worry about things that I could not control. Right. I just, I think if you have a, a vision of what you want, whether it's something as small as your hair or a, you know, a hair clip, just follow it, do it. It was important for me that my wedding looked like me. I didn't want it to look like it was somebody else's wedding or that it didn't reflect who I was, who my husband is, who we are as a couple. I didn't want to lose my identity. I'm not like I'm, I don't wear white. I don't wear light colors. I'm not ever don't wear extensions or falsies or, you know, clip in hair extensions. But I really wanted to know that moving forward, I was, I was still me. He was still him. You know, we still brought out the things that we love individually and together. And that at the end of the day, I was me. And I can look at my pictures and say, that's exactly, I don't have any second thoughts about what I did, you know? That's wonderful. It's great when you can say that. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, we could, I mean, if it, we were just doing it for us, which I mean, at some point, I think we just went to the mindset, we're just going to do what we like because people are going to show up and they're going to, you know, I mean, they're coming to watch us. And we, we wrote our um, ceremony. Our officiant was a good friend of mine. So she got ordained through the online Universal Life Church and she had never performed a ceremony. And that was one of the things I think our planner kind of was a little hesitant about but it couldn't have gone better and having someone that knew me standing right there on one of the most important days of my life was I think that helped me get through it without you know like bawling or hyperventilating well that's great advice too yeah I think that's one of the things it's one of those you know it all goes back to it was all really important that everything that we did was reflected us you know and I didn't want it to be long and drawn out and we just wanted to let everyone know that we loved them and that we were happy they were there and that it meant the world to us. That's great. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I have lots of pictures on my Instagram. And then I know we are on our photographer's website. They have a blog, The Roots. And I know we've had a little sneak peek so far there. But other than that, I'm kind of low-key. Okay, I will put some of their photos in the post for this show on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really instructive for anyone who's interested in a wishes event or California Grill, or perhaps they want to do a second Disney wedding and they want to know how to do it differently. So I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Carrie. Your, um, your blog was so helpful. The book was amazing. I couldn't have done it without all the work that you've done before. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, Check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>